Town Hall Academy, episode 78. I'm sending one guy to Whittier, and then I'm sending another guy uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in November. And, uh, I mean, it's we just send people to where we can find the best training available. Plus, you probably play, pay for the training with that same card, so you get even more miles. Oh, for sure. Sending them out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Great idea. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable Results Radio's Town Hall Academy, an educational summit for the forever student. Leonardo da Vinci said, learning never exhausts the mind. Now think about that one. And thanks for being here. This is your only weekly aftermarket forum where your panel brings fresh and innovative discussion to inspire your personal growth and development. You are in episode 78, where we discuss low-hanging financial fruit that will improve your bottom line. Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Town Hall Academy. Performance and reliability, now that's what Jasper's remanufactured diesel engines provide mile after mile. Their running completed engines are dynamometer tested with horsepower and torque ratings recorded. There's a nationwide warranty included too. The perfect product for your fleet customers. Wow. Talk about dependable service. Are you new to the podcast? Well, you may look at the content library and say, where do I start? Wow, good question. I recommend spending some time on the RemarkableResults.biz website. There you'll find ways to filter or focus your area of listening. You can use the Tag Cloud or the Series Filter to find just what you're looking for or type into the search field. There are also special pages just for Academy episodes and a page for the new show called For the Record. You can also see pictures of guests taken at industry events and also read my blogs. Enjoy the Aftermarket's premiere podcast. The cost of doing business rises each year. Net profits that are necessary to move your business forward are challenged each day. So it was a great idea to hold a Town Hall Academy on low-hanging financial fruit that will improve your profits. Now, with me on today's panel is Ron Haugen, Westside Auto Pros in Des Moines, Iowa, Andy Bizub, Midwest Performance Cars, Chicago, and BJ Lee, business coach with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Ron, Andy, and BJ have pulled together some great tips for easy implementation that can make a difference in your business and your bottom line. You can find the key talking points, extended bios on my panel, and links to to their previous episodes at remarkableresults.biz slash A078. So that our industry rises by lifting others, tell a friend about the power and the value of the podcast. Hey, listen at the end as BJ and Andy tell their view on how the podcast can have a positive influence on you, your career, and your business. Now listen and prepare for some great ideas on tapping in on low-hanging financial fruit. And we're here to talk about low-hanging financial fruit. And I, I want to offer this up into a couple of segments. It will go all over the board, but I think we can find opportunities to improve our profits. You know, there's three things that make profits, right? Managing your costs, managing your sales, managing your margin, and of course, uh, you, you end up with a net profit. So we're going to talk about a lot of those different areas, plus team engagement and maybe even some time management. And I want to go to you first, Ron, you said you believe that inspections are low-hanging fruit. Absolutely. It's widely been uh, 
adopted or, or taught uh, as the 300% rule. And what 300% is that you inspect every car, present the results to every customer every time. And if you inspect 100% of the cars, estimate and present 100% of the findings 100% of the time, you're, that, that's your low-hanging fruit. You're, you're going to find what's there. You know, a car might come in for a coolant leak and it needs ball joints. And it's not up to us to judge what the car needs or what the customer should do or whether or not they should fix it. Um, th that's the customer's decision. It, it's our ethical and moral responsibility to tell them what that car needs every time that it's in. And basically, we give them enough information that they can decide what's best for them at that time. Ron, let me stop and ask a question. Are you talking about paper inspections or the new digital vehicle inspections? Uh, either. I mean, here uh, we use the digital inspections, um, but if you don't have that technology or haven't invested in it, certainly a paper inspection is fine, um, but you've got to have some kind of an inspection, and then the advisor has to take the technician's findings, convert it to an estimate, and mm -hmm. present it to the customer because people don't know what their car needs, and Oftentimes, we can be quick to judge. We might have Mrs. Jones bring her car in, and we're like, well, she never leaves town. She only drives to the grocery store and, and, and to church, and she's always driving around town. She's in for this belt and an oil change. So, you know, the ball joints aren't that loose. We're not going to worry about that. What we don't know is that she's planning to drive 800 miles that weekend because she's going out of town to visit family. So, you know, if it needs it, it needs it. And it's our duty to let them know. And, and if you embrace that 300% rule, you're, you're going to see more than the low-hanging fruit coming in because you're going to find the stuff the car needs and, and you're going to present it to the customer and give them a safe, reliable vehicle. You guys agree to, to Ron that inspection? I mean, this could be the number one big takeaway here. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, it is our obligation, our professional responsibility to look these vehicles over and present that information to that client so they can make the informed decision on what to do, right? I mean, that's our job to do that. And if we're not doing that, we are, we're just hurting the industry. We're hurting the clients and stuff, and we're not taking care of business. Yeah, I totally agree. And we use the, the digital inspections. Um, not only are they a great sales tool, but they're very, when the techs get used to them, they're much more efficient for us than the paper. And as I was listening to Ron describe, you know, the, the inspection and the reason for it, I really thought of it in terms of going to the doctor. These people are bringing their car to the physician who's going to check out their car. You go to a doctor, the doctor doesn't say, well, you're not a professional athlete, so you're not going to really need those knees to work correctly. He tells you everything that's going on with all the systems. And then you make the decision about what you're going to do. Guys, does an inspection, a thorough inspection, the, the 300 rule, Ron, does this go deep into um, trust and retention? Oh, I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, people, people show that you care or you're showing people that you care uh, enough to let them know what's, what's going on with their vehicle. I mean, not everybody's probably going to appreciate it. Some people, you know, don't want to know what's wrong with their car. They'd rather just drive around in the dark, but that's not your customer. So, you know, it does, it does create trust um, because you're, you're showing them that you took the time to look their vehicle over, explain to them what deficiencies you found, and, and you go back to the what it is, what it does, and what will happen if you don't fix it. And at that point, I mean, it's their decision. You know, the, the, the choice is on them. But, um, yeah, it, it makes you professional. It sets you apart from the people that aren't doing this. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. BJ, 
we, we put a lot of parts on cars that sometimes we don't charge for, and we, we may find an opportunity there. Yeah, a couple of uh, things that I have in mind here at my shop is uh, we went into, I mean, we're talking years ago when a customer comes in for, say, just a, it could be anything. Could Maybe they came in just for um, just a, a quick minor repair or something, right? And we have the hood open. Uh, it was our job to top off the fluids and make sure that at least when the car leaves, everything's topped off. But, you know, what'll happen is a technician may grab a quart of coolant, they'll add a quart of coolant in, they don't say nothing, but, oh, we just topped that off um so we we build out uh coolant by the quart um other fluids by the pint if we used it and 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 we build it out instead of giving it away we did charge for it and and rightly so right and we made sure that their vehicles were in good condition when they left and that the levels were where they should be um so many times i've seen guys just top stuff off and and not charge for it and you know if you add that up over the length of a year um you're talking a lot of dollars and then also you've got small parts you know that we're uh, giving away a lot of times i see a lot of shops that uh, will just bill out say uh, shop supplies which we can't do in the state of california we can't do it that way but so itemizing everything i think even if you have a shop supply uh on your on your invoice that's uh so you're out of the state of california uh rightly so but i but i believe in itemizing everything uh anything from cotter pins to uh you know connectors to nuts and bolts uh whatever um for me as a consumer i think that i would rather see something itemized that makes more sense rather than grouped together with a number right forty dollars or thirty dollars worth of shop supplies what does that mean um you get i think you get too many questions when it comes to that Love it. Hey, you know, how many times do we sit in the passenger vehicle, look in the rearview mirror, and miss the fact that there's a th- blade back on the on the rear window? And you know, back back in the day, back in in my day, uh, I did a g- built a great survey on the forgotten filter, and we talked about the cabin air filter. And we talked about you know, basically just it's so simple to do a chart and say if we if we checked every one of them, and we, even if we sold ten percent of them, it was like hundred. No, it wasn't hundreds. It was thousands of dollars that would that would end up being net profit because the margins are, were, were so good on them. Guys, do you have in your shops, you know, a philosophy on making sure we're looking at those forgotten parts? Well, I think that's part of the inspection process, and we have to audit that inspection process to be sure that we're following the proper procedures and make sure that it's getting checked out. Um, what we do is we, you know, once a week we grab uh, tickets and we look at, we go through and look at the inspection forms and so forth to make sure that they look like they make sense, right? You see a vehicle that's 10 years old, it's got 150,000 miles on it and everything's in the green, probably not accurate, right? Unless it has just been in there and they, they just spent gobs of money on it. So, you know, auditing it, be sure everybody's following the procedures and keeping everybody in line, I think is very important. Carm Capriato here with Ron Haugen of Westside Auto Pros. Ron, are Jasper product improvements important when deciding to buy your next engine or transmission? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Not only important for me, because I know that I'm going to put a product in a vehicle that's going to last, but they're important for my customer. Uh, My customer's already got an engine that's failed, maybe because a component was under-engineered, and Jasper's gone in and found that and fixed that. And if somebody's committing to the kind of investment to put an engine in their vehicle, they're going to want the best one they can get. Hey, Ron, what could you tell me about Jasper's customer service? Jasper's customer service is above and beyond pretty much any of the vendors' customer service that we use. There's been times that I've often thought we we need to hire 
whoever trains Jasper's staff to come train my staff. I mean, from, from the initial phone call to if there's a warranty problem, a question, a, a technical issue, uh, they answer the phone and you're immediately talking to the person that can help you. Hey, Ron, thanks for your insights on Jasper. Thanks for asking. So, Ron, in the inspection process, are we, are we actually looking at every cabin air filter? It's on our uh, digital inspection checklist. And, and they follow it through and they check it. If, if it's failed, we take a picture. Uh, we, we make it, uh, which, uh, you know, as Andy had mentioned, I mean, that's a great sales tool. But, you know, certainly if you don't have digital inspection, you should be doing a paper one. But hold people accountable. I mean, you, you can do reinspects on cars. You can have your, your shop foreman pull one or two cars in a week and reinspect it, mm-hmm. see if they come up with the same results. Um, you know, the other thing is uh, turn it into a game. Make it fun. Um, one thing that we do is there's an inexpensive program out there that you can buy and, and basically make your own uh, scratch off tickets, kind of like lottery tickets. Hmm. And, and so we'll print those and, and they can be for a dollar or a free pop or a candy bar or whatever makes it fun. And then each month pick a featured service. So if it looks like you're not selling enough wiper blades or not selling enough cabin air filters, make those a featured service. So for each one that's that's discovered and sold, then the advisor who sold it gets a scratch-off ticket. The technician gets a scratch-off ticket. And so you make work fun and, and, and just give them a, a little a little spiff, a little incentive to focus on those items. And then once you've done that for a couple of months, then it's time to move on to the next thing. And uh, that works really well. Yeah, one of the things that we did with the inspections was we just we mandated a rule that every digital inspection had to have 10 photographs. So a minimum of 10. So four are taken up with taking the four corners of the exterior of the car, which covers us in case anybody is ever like, oh, there's a scratch or that wasn't there. We have the pictures right when the car came in. But then they very quickly just found that they could easily hit 10 by taking those first four and then taking the rest of the systems that are car. Some of our inspections have 15, 20 photographs on them. And, right. and, and these guys, and really the, like the cabin air filter, that's for my guys really want to inspect all of that kind of stuff because replacing a cabin air filter is a great part of their ticket. It's a heck of a lot easier than replacing a control arm. All right. I, I agree with that. I agree with Ron. I mean, it, I think it's so important that we have fun. If we're not having fun, uh, you know, we spend more time in the shop than we do in our own homes. You know, let's have fun. Well, and also back to what you said, Andy, if you pull the cabin air filter and it looks great or it's relatively new, take a picture of it. Let's tell people what's good on their car, too. Don't just sure. give them a list of what it needs. Yeah. That's a great idea, Ron. Uh, you know, I was looking at some chatter, Andy, and I didn't exa- hear every word you said. Uh, and I don't, if I'm repeating this, stop me. But I have a friend who has an incentive for the number of pictures that are uploaded. Okay. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. It's, that's a good way to do it. And too. they're basically saying yeah. that per car, he's got an average. And if he doesn't see that, they didn't meet muster. And I guess he, there's some kind of incentive for the, you know, for the guys to stay at a level. Sure. One car equals so many pictures at the end of the month. That's what he wants to see. Yeah. Right. So I guess a picture of, of, of something good really builds history. Doesn't it? And sure. trust and rapport. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got to be the good guys too. I'm thrilled about this. Uh, 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 and then then there's air, we're in air conditioning season. I don't know about you guys. Is, is it hot in Des Moines? Oh, yeah, yeah. We get 90, 96 degrees, and we have humidity, ah. which makes it feel even hotter. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know yeah. what humidity's by. You know, we're right next to Lake Erie. Boy, talk about humidity. So is there any air conditioning, incentive, you know, ideas to, to, to grow your top line? 
I'll tell you one thing I did uh, at our shop. I bought this shop. Uh, it was my second location. And, and so when I bought this shop, I went through some of the old inventory stuff that they had there. And back behind a bunch of boxes in storage, there was, there was cases of this uh, AC system uh, deodorizer, right? It came in the little bottles and you, you put it down through the vent and, you know, pull it through or whatever. And, I, and it was there. I, I don't even know how old it was. It just, you know, I thought, what is this? Doing? How come nobody uses this? And this place was in the desert. I mean, you know, and uh, so I took this stuff out of here and we started promoting these uh, AC vent deodorizers and, and, and stuff. And, and it was amazing. I sold every bottle of this stuff, you know, that I had to order more. And this company that was on this bottle, I didn't even know where to get it. I tried to find it. So, uh, you know. Was it, know was it Aircept? No, it wasn't. I can't even remember the name of it. Right. It came in a white bottle with blue writing on it, plastic bottle, you know. Um, and it was just awesome. I just, and there was guys that worked at this company before I bought it and stuff. So I said, well, hey, why, why is this here? How come this hasn't ever been used or sold? I don't know. You know, I said, well, let's let's get rid of it. Let's use it, you know. And so first, I didn't know how long it had been there. So I did it in my vehicle first because I wanted to make sure it didn't stink, you know, <laughs> make sure it was still good, you know. So so I did that. And it was amazing. I mean, you're doing a $39 deodorizer, you know, and, and pretty much the... The inventory didn't cost me anything, so and it wasn't that expensive to buy this stuff anyway. But it was it was awesome. It was great to just just to see what we could do with it, and it, it turned out that it was very very profitable. And that's that's such a simple thing to do. A great know? tip, BJ, especially at this time of the year, Ron. Um, we can grow our top line with a good retention customer retention program. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. We spend all this money attracting new customers, and you know, we don't do as much trying to retain the existing customers. And that's actually our, I mean, that's your, your core, that's your base. Um, those are the people that already know, love, and trust you. And so, I mean, you know, to, to put it in financial terms, I mean, if you, everybody has a need to come to your shop, whether it's another car, the car they have, they're kind of delaying. So, you know, let's say you've got 3,000 customers in your database and you've got a good retention program and you get a third of those to come in one more time, that's a thousand customers and let's say your average RO is $300, um, which is probably low, but let's just say it's $300. Take 300 times 1,000 customers. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to market to somebody six or seven times to get them to love us and come give us a try. We didn't have to offer them a, a low-cost oil change or, or anything discounted. We're just simply keeping our name and face out in front of them. And, you know, a great example is the, the other evening um, – Uh, My girlfriend and I went out to eat. We went to this restaurant that we went to like a year ago, and it was phenomenal. It was great. We haven't been there in a year. And the reason we haven't been there in a year is they don't advertise. They're not at the top of my mind when it's time to go out and eat. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't market to me. You know, I don't get email specials from them. You just somehow have, have, you know, think to go there. We're in the same way. We can lose people when it comes time. We all have customers that cheat on us. You know, maybe go to another place for an oil change. We're not keeping in front of them. So retention is probably the easiest way to build your business. Just keep do more for the people you already have. Let's tear that apart a little bit. Let's get into some of the how. Uh, tell me, is it is it Facebook? Is it email? Is it postcards? What do you recommend? Yes. Oh, all of the above. I mean, you you want to be in front of them so they remember you. So you know, certainly. Um, you know, you know, the Facebook, um, and you got to remember on Facebook, it's social media. It's not sales media. Yeah. Don't go on there and tell them you can buy three and get one free strut. They don't want to hear it, but keep in front of them. Um, you know, email uh, is the, the probably the least expensive and one of the more effective ways. If it's properly written, 
and put together, I mean, you can see 15, 20% open rate on that, which is huge. And then of course the postcards, uh, maintenance reminders, email reminders, hey, it's time for an oil change. And then let's not forget the decline services. You've got somebody in today that needs a CV boot and, and, and a pair of struts and they decline it today. That doesn't mean they're gonna decline it next month or the following month. We have to have a process in place to contact them and remind them Hey, you know, last time you were in, you were need, you needed this. Maybe it was a financial reason. Maybe they have money now to do it. Whatever the situation, but that's work. All you have to do is bring it back in the shop. It's there to do. So you're really managing really hard declined work, social media, email. I mean, Ron, is this the job you do inside the company? That is what I do here. Yeah, it's it's, it's all part of the marketing. Absolutely, and I think somebody internal needs to at least oversee it, if not actually do it, it, just to make sure it's effective and it's working. You've got to track everything you do. You know, you might come up with a, with a way to do this, but if you're not tracking it, it could become ineffective. Yeah, we work on that. When we, we take on a client that uh, that is struggling on car count or something, and like that, one of the first things we do is mine their data, you know, the, the customer base. And let's, and, you know, especially if they're tight on cash, you know, because they've been struggling for a while or something. Hey, let's go after the people that have already been here. You know, they haven't been here. Let's send them a, you know, a, a letter and say, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. You know, is this something we did? What can we do? You know, and, and some sort of a letter or email or whatever, you know, or both, like you said, yeah. um, to get them back in there. And so many times, more than times than not, do we get uh, people coming in the door and, and increasing that car count, just getting those uh, lost customers back back in. It's a, it's a definitely inexpensive way to get them back. Thanks, BJ. I just want to make a compliment. Every time Ron comes on the show, I think I actually say this. I love his social media. You know, I follow your um, your company, Westside Auto Pros, and you just do a marvelous job, never selling, but just having fun with the audience. Well, thank you. Love it. Thank you. Love how he does that. Andy. So about that last topic, one really easy thing that my guys do is as soon as a customer checks out, they we use a Google calendar for scheduling all of our appointments. So they immediately go five months out from that date and they give themselves a reminder to call and or email the customer to remind them about a six-month appointment. And you know what's really cool about Google? You're creating the uh, the, uh, the invite, mm-hmm. the reminder, and you just click and add the customer's email to it. Right. And, uh, and send it to them. Yeah, it takes them less than a minute to do, and, and and they're covered five months automatically. Boom, there's it's there it is. So well, good for you. Um, hey, let's talk about a little bit about costs right now and managing costs. Andy, you've got a ton of great ideas on uh, managing costs. Credit cards was one of them. Yeah. So um, what I do is even if even if you have the cash to pay for all of your parts up front. Very few vendors give you a break for paying cash or wire transfer a check. They just want the money. They want it right away. Worldpack is one of our biggest suppliers. So I talked to them and they said, we, no, we'll take a credit card. That's fine. No discount for anything else. So I said, okay. So I rotate. First of all, I bundled all of our Worldpack parts charges into a monthly bill. So I just get tagged once a month with a larger number. I rotate through several credit cards that have the best benefits. I, I happen to use travel benefits a lot. And when it when a really big number hits, a lot of these cards will give you double and triple points. So between the Amex Platinum card, which gives me great travel benefits and also gives me access to all kinds of airport lounges all over the world, 
and the Southwest uh, visa card, which my wife has a companion pass for three years now. So she flies for free whenever she flies with me. And Capital One, I've built up almost a million million points of travel benefits. So I can use that to send my technicians out to training. I can book free airline tickets. Uh, I very rarely ever pay for travel for myself. I have two kids in college, so I'm always flying them back and forth from college for free on benefit. And the IRS already ruled that that uh, benefit points are tax-free. So it's really a way to actually gain completely tax-free income at absolutely no expense to the shop. So that that's just, uh, I, I'm always amazed by how many people don't, you can really maximize those credit card benefits by running all that, your shop basically on those credit cards. You know what I love about his angle here? The training angle about sending text to training. Yeah, I'm sending one guy to Whittier and then I'm sending another guy uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia uh, in November. And um, I mean, it's we just send people to where we can find the best training available. Plus, you probably play, pay for the training with that same card. So you get even more miles. Oh, for sure. Sending them out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Great idea. Great, great idea. So, Andy, you also have an idea about lowering your payroll tax. Right. So... One of the things that we do for our techs is if they want to buy a tool, um, we will buy, we'll front them the purchase. We'll buy the tool. And then uh, let's say it's a $500 tool. We'll say you can pay $50 a week uh, over 10 weeks. And what we do is instead of, take, instead of doing a deduction of money that we've already paid them, um, let's say a technician is being paid just for ease is being paid $25 an hour. He works a 40-hour week. We'll pay him for 38 hours. So he gets to he gets to actually pay for those tools with tax-free money. He never pays income tax on that money because he never even gets it. Instead of, instead of deducting money that we pay and then hits our payroll, hits our payroll tax, hits um, our workers' comp, we just take the hours off and take it that way. It works out better for everybody. It's a small savings for us, but it's a great benefit for our technicians. So, I mean, my one technician just bought a $3,000 cabinet to put on the side of his toolbox. And he probably would have never bought that cabinet if we didn't have this program in place for him. He's trading hours for tools. For sure. It's like a barter system. And it's, and it's just, it, it's a win, win, win right across the board. What's the IRS say about the triple win? Well, there's, it's not, you're bartering. So it's not even, it, it never becomes income. So you, you already, you've paid for it up front. We're not writing off the tool as if we bought it. We're just buying the tool. And then we're just giving them basically an interest-free time to pay off. So it's not, we're not taking any kind of a deduction for the tool, but he gets to pay for it with money before he has to pay taxes on the money. So it's a barter system. He never even gets the income. Your views, guys, on that. I like the idea. I would just, I'm sure Andy has done this. I would just advise anyone that's going to do that to certainly talk with their tax professional. Yeah. Make sure that everybody's comfortable with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all recorded. We have records of everything. And my bookkeeper, she just takes care of all the payroll and all the hours and billing and everything. So that's awesome. Your companies would go down too. Right. Right. Because you're not paying, you end up, I mean, by a, by a small, Time. a guy makes $70,000 and, and, and he pays off $3,000 in tools, he, he actually only makes $67,000. And the, I guess the other benefit for the tech is he's not paying, he doesn't have this long-term 
tab on the tool truck. For and sure. There's interest there that you just don't even see, but it's there. Yeah. You might yeah. be able to negotiate a, a better price on the tool because the the tool truck guy's getting paid for right. it right he's away. Not, he's not waiting 10 or 15 weeks to get it. Yeah. Or longer. It works out better for everybody, really. Wow. Yeah, I remember years ago, there, we used to use, um, there was some kind of a tool. I can't remember what it was now, but there was something to do with tools that we did at pre-tax dollars. Uh, I don't know if you remember that going around back in there. It's been quite a while since, mm-hmm. since we did that. It worked for a while and then kind of fizzled out. So a lot of guys were just uncomfortable with it. It was a tool reimbursement program. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we used to do that too. And then I think some tax laws or something changed and those companies yeah. kind of went away. Yeah, we're showing our age now, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I love all the research you've done, Andy. It's working for your company. But Ron said, you know, please check with your accountant or your tax professional to be sure that this is this is going to work and it's right in your state. It's amazing how every one every one of our states has something a different a different slant on things. And then there's the then there's the mother up top, the IRS. (laughs) Um, BJ, you were uh, you've got a great idea on saving money on uh, on parts washer. I can remember this so back in, I don't know, 2000, 2002, something like that. Um, I had bought a jet spray washer. Uh, and back in the day, you know, you had safety clean and they came in every month or three months or whatever you had set up with them. Um, and I just hated using their service. It just wasn't good. They didn't show up. They didn't do a good job. It just seemed like I was always writing them a check. Um, and I bought a clean tech machine, which was a jet spray, that jet spray aqua washer. And that was the best thing since sliced bread. I, I, I bought this thing, I think back then for $3,500. Um, I could put everything in it, all the parts in it. It cleaned the parts well. Um, drain pans you could clean. You could clean tools in it and everything. And, um, there was some kind of an investment analysis I had done back in, 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 in the day when I did that. And, uh, it saved us thousands. Uh, just in lost billable hours uh, throughout the year uh, with your technicians when they're sitting there scraping and cleaning and doing all that, you know, uh, uh, they could be working on cars. Well, that jet spray washer is, is cleaning, you know, so it was it just a huge, huge money saver for sure. That's a great idea. I love things that where you can get rid of, of the monthly or quarterly payment. You can just buy it right. and be done with it. No, it seemed like I was on a quarterly service and it seemed like they were there every month. I, I, you know, it seemed yeah. like I was always writing them a check and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. You know? That's we one of those some... painful checks that everybody, yeah. that is right. done. I mean, nobody likes writing that. It's like, it's like right. the property tax. Right. right. <laughs> we did a similar thing about six months ago um, and it's worked out really, really well. Um, we were paying $333 a quarter for safety clean. Mm-hmm. We changed our parts washer to a product called a smart washer. It's a mm-hmm. biodegradable micro-based parts washer. And not only is it non-toxic, but the solvent never has to be changed. It's not solvent. And it's the guys can get it on their hands. It doesn't eat their hands up. Mm-hmm. It was $1,600. So it takes us just over a year to pay for the thing. And it's better for the techs. They love the, the job it does. It actually does a better job than solvent-based parts washers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm totally on board with that. I, we, mm-hmm. we look for all the green stuff that we can do, and this was like super green. Great tip, guys. Thank you very much. Guys, this has been great so far. Let's uh, let's jump into um, a couple of more things. Ron, you, you talked about, you'd love to talk about employee incentives as, a, as an opportunity for low-hanging financial fruit. You know, just put a, 
a standing uh, reward into something. You know, you know, two things that are oftentimes overlooked uh, in a mechanical repair shop that that are easy to do. It's easy, easy business to get into. Um, you know, certainly the the headlight restorations, the headlight polishing, um, and then the other thing is uh, windshield repair. I mean, that that is a very easy talent to to learn and do, and and you know, so what we do is we'll we'll have an incentive on on a wind, say windshield repair where you know it's it's x amount of dollars to the person that finds it, x amount of dollars to the guy that sells it, and x amount of dollars to the person that actually performs it. Because the, the the gross profit on a windshield repair is is phenomenal, and and it's an easy sell because it's something people often don't think about or don't think about when their cars at your place. So you know you call them up after doing the oil change, and and you tell them the good stuff on their car. Maybe tell them the one or two services they need, and then say, hey, by the way, we noticed when we pulled your car in, you've got a chip or you've got a couple of chips in the windshield, and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. I've been meaning to go to the glass shop and get those fixed. It's like we can just take care of it while it's here. And, and, you know, sell them the windshield repair. Uh, sometimes insurance companies will, will pay for it. They'll waive the deductible. It's really easy to get hooked up with them and get on their list as an approved vendor. But, um, you know, put an incentive in. It's one thing to, to buy the kit, get trained up, and get into that business. But then you've got to give your employees a reason to change their habit, to start looking for the windshield repairs and start recommending. You got to give the advisors a reason to sell them. And, and so if you put an incentive or a reward in there and make it top of mind awareness, talk about it each day, talk about it at the company meeting and stuff before you know it. I mean, you, you, we, we do windshield repairs every day of the week. I love that. That's awesome. The, I haven't heard that one about the windshield repair. That That's pretty good. It's funny because uh, when I was a 18, 19 years old, I did windshield repair uh, back in the day. I did that along with, uh, you. I don't know if you remember the used car dealer. They had a guy that did the ground white walls into the tires. So <laughs> you, you, are, you are dating yourself there. <laughs> I am, you know, and it's, it's crazy. I think about that and think, wow, that was, and it was such a simple, simple thing. and yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. We, we, you know? we, trained, uh, we trained our shuttle car drivers to do it. And that way you're yeah. not even tying up a technician for yeah. doing it. I love that. Yeah. We have a we have a similar we have a, if if you ever heard of Aquapel, um, oh yeah yeah we we added Aquapel as a, as a service I mean great margin you know we buy them in bulk from Amazon and we train the porters to do the to do the uh, windshields with the Aquapel and people awesome. love it. I think the greatest point that came out of here, Ron, was the change of habit. It, you know, just because you added the new service and for years you've never done it uh, in order to break in, I love the incentive idea. But at the same time, we have to we have to we added a new menu item, and we need to uh, we need to be sure we sell it. Absolutely, great point. Absolutely, get everybody on board. Yeah, incentivizing and training—that's that's what it's all about. You know, you, years ago, you got tell the mechanic he had to polish some headlights. He's like, "What? That's not mechanic work, right?" But tell them they had to grind white walls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my! It wasn't grinding the white walls; it was lifting the machine out of the truck. It killed me. <laughs> Oh, my. See, you're all dating yourselves. (laughs) Stop it. Hey, good stuff. Um, Andy. Yeah. I loved, I love this talking point about association memberships. Yeah. So it's funny because this just happened at the beginning of the year. Our ASA membership came up for renewal and the fee really went up a couple hundred bucks for us. And so I said to my bookkeeper, uh, who is also my sister and is very frugal, I said, should we, re- is it worth it to re-up with ASA? And she said, well, 
you can drop it. It'll save you $500 a year, but it's going to cost you $2,000 a year for all the discounts that we get through ASA. I mean, just our ADP payroll through ASA, we get about an $80 a month discount. So there's $1,000 right there. So uh, it, you lose sight of it. You see the bill come, but uh, by, by belonging to these key and really beneficial associations, uh, it really does save you a lot of money. And there's great, and there's great other benefits to be had, but the financial benefit is right there. Isn't that cool to think about, guys? Yeah, well, I think one like of the rare. things to, to keep in mind too, Carm, is we all belong to these associations. T- take time to learn the benefits that are there and actually use them. Uh, we, yeah. we redid a uniform contract about a year ago, and in talking to the rep, he said, what all do you belong to? And, of course, you know, it's AAA and ASA and Auto Care Center and all this stuff. And he goes, give me a list. He goes, I'll go back and find out which one gives you the greatest discount. That's great. So it, it, it's knowing knowing what's in there and what's available and actually using it, not just being a part of it. Yeah, instead of just writing a check and forgetting about it, right? You exactly. Kind of, you know, exactly. people that you talk to that are members of the Chamber of Commerce and they don't get involved with the Chamber. They just write the check. You know, you can't, you get out of it what you put into it. Exactly. I am such a big advocate for associations, guys. I just truly, truly am. Uh, and when you think about the networking, I mean, let's let's put that big, is it the big umbrella? If you invest your time and, and, and um, you get involved in networking, there's no price. It's priceless. And then you, you bring up the, the word training. Associations are all about bringing training to people. And then there's the discounts that bring the value as far as the, the monetary side to it. So for people that aren't involved in an association, I guess I wonder why. Please go to my website, type in the word association, type in, you know, ASA, type in Vision ASA Midwest, all that. And there, there's, we've done some great, great podcasts on, on the value of associations. This was um, this was a very interesting, very succinct, very tight, very focused uh, podcast episode. I loved where we went. Any final thoughts from any of you guys that you know have come to mind that you'd love to share? I would say you know watch these podcasts. I think these podcasts are so entertaining. They're so educational. Um, I think there's so much to be learned. Um, there's nobody that knows everything, um, but you know with when you look at how many episodes, episodes that you have. Uh, and I listen to these episodes and, and no matter what you do out there, uh, listen to these things, you know, uh, get up in the morning, have your coffee, coffee, you know, and, and that's what I'll do. I'll sit there, have a cup of coffee and I'll listen through the podcast and stuff. And there's just so much, I mean, just on this right here. Uh, and this is what we do every day. There's, there's things that you get, Oh yeah, you got to have that. Oh yeah. Moment. Right. And say, oh, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to check into that. You know, and and every week, you know, there's something that you can take away from this and put that into into work, and it's going to help you to be successful. My day's complete. Thank you, BJ. <laughs> I, um, I I am going to go find a happy hour place right now. Yet. Yeah, I, <laughs> when I, I, I truly mean it. it it's, well, thank it's, it's you. Awesome. It was 400 of them out there. More than 400 episodes. They, you know, people will look at their at their listening app on their phone, and and they'll go through and they go, "Oh my god!" But if you go to my website and you look at the series that we've created and the tag cloud that helps you narrow your focus, you can say, "Wow, that looks like a cool episode. I know that guy. I know that's a great topic." And write them down, and then go out to your mobile device, find that right episode that you want, and then and then uh, consume it, and then listen. But thank you so much for that, uh, Andy. Anything? Anything final? Yeah. 
these are, it's amazing. These are like 40 minute, 20 groups that you didn't have to catch a plane. You didn't have to stay in a hotel. Uh, you, you know, and they're, and they're very focused. And I always love interacting with other people in the industry because I don't need to recreate the wheel. It's been invented and I just want the best ideas from everybody else. And I'm happy to, to give all, all my ideas. So these, these are so beneficial. They're, they're, like you said, they're tight, they're focused. You get a lot out of it. And then you can put it into action today. Wow. Thank you again. Well, that's two happy hours I have to find today. Wow. Ron, anything? Uh, get involved. Uh, it, it's, it's that simple. I mean, you know, don't, don't sit around and, and wait for it to come to you, but, but get involved in different stuff in the industry. I mean, I met Andy. Uh, we're, we're both on the, the Ratchet and Wrench uh, uh, advisory board. And, and I met him through that and, and, and those phone calls and that interaction, um, you create a friendship and, and, and you learn people's strengths and weaknesses and you can reach out and help them or they can, they can help you. You can reach out if you need help, whether it's, you know, through, through, you know, a, an industry association or, or, or going to trade shows, but, but get out and, and mingle with other people in this industry because there's people out there a lot smarter than me and some of my best ideas I have stolen from other people or leaned on like, Hey, you know, I know you did this. You talked about this. Give me some details. Tell me about it, but uh, get out there and get involved and, and, and interact with, with people just like you. They're, we're colleagues. We're not competitors. Hey guys, you've all been on the show. Just go out and search their names. Ron Haugen, Westside Auto Pros, Andy Bizub from Midwest Performance Cars and BJ Lee business coach at uh, Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. They, they've got great shows on their very own with me, have participated in a lot of stuff, and, and I sure do appreciate uh, your confidence in coming on and, and sharing your ideas. And Ron, here, way back in the day, Ron came on in the, in the early days, maybe a couple, maybe three years ago, never afraid to say, yeah, I stole this from Plimmer and I got this information from him. <laughs> and, you know, and, and he was, you were, you were a pillar of our industry to say that, uh, you know, network and, and pull in the great ideas and then make them your own. Absolutely. Your own. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, enjoy another great summer weekend. See you. Bye. Thanks, Carm. Great. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks, Carm. Have See a nice you. day, everybody. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the Premier Automotive Aftermarket Podcast. Until next time.